Being tuned in means Joe Thomas now. Lars Larson at 6. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Go by Coastal. I have a subscription to the Epic Times, and unfortunately, my, my link is not working. But the headline grabbed my attention yesterday afternoon. Uh, the Oregon Supreme Court ruled that 10 GOP senators, I presume state senators, uh, cannot run for re-election. And I said, this is, well... There's only one person I was going to ask about this, and his name is Lars. Uh, Lars Larson is on with us. Lars, thank you for getting up early this morning and explaining this. What the heck is going on? Oh, it's worse than you could even even imagine, Joe. And I oh, don't man. say that out of out of turn. Um, it, it it is a terrible situation. Let's start with just a little primer, and, uh-huh. and I know most of your audience knows this. But if you're in any legislative body, certainly in the United States, in most of the world. There are what are they called quorum rules. And what that means is, say you have, uh, you know, 60 Democrats and 40 Republicans or 30 Republicans. If the Democrats do not have a quorum by themselves, if the Republicans or the Democrats, because both parties do this, see an exceptionally bad piece of legislation coming and there's no other way to stop it, they are allowed to walk out the door. And if enough of them walk out the door to deny quorum, then if you don't have a minimum number of senators or reps in your state legislature, it even works in the Congress, you can't vote on matters. Mm -hmm. Now, we understand why, because if you could vote something through with 10 members of Congress, you could have 10 Democrats or 10 Republicans meet on a Friday night, go down to the Congress, open up the chamber, and say, let's vote. All 10 of us are in favor of, say, closing the border, and it would go through, except you have to have a minimum number of the body there. So... What Republican senators, these 10 senators did, and I know some of them very well, is they saw some really bad legislation coming down the pike. It was about to be voted on. They used a completely legitimate parliamentary maneuver, which, as they said, has been used by both Democrats and Republicans, and they walked out the door. So then what happened was the Democrats proposed uh, to the voters, let's change the Constitution, and let's say if you have an unexplained absence uh, from the legislature by a senator or a rep for more than 10 days. And it's unexcused. So obviously mm-hmm. if you had surgery or whatever, you could right. get an excuse. But if it's unexcused, and by the way, when the party in charge is the Democrats, are they going to give excuses <laughs> to Republicans right. for this, even though Democrats have done the very same parliamentary maneuver? So these 10 senators walk out the door, and they stay out. And I think in some cases they literally went to another state, like you saw happen in Texas not so long ago, where senators actually fled to Oklahoma or somewhere so that they wouldn't have to vote. So the the voters agree, let's change the rules. And let's say that if you have a more than 10-day unexcused absence, then you are forbidden from running for re-election. However, when they wrote the initiative petition, the initiative to the voters, they wrote it wrong. I mean, they didn't write what they meant to write. Now, I'm not excusing them. If you write an initiative and have the voters vote on it, 
and it says one thing in black letters on paper, but you intended something else, which one prevails, Joe? The one that was voted on. I mean, the one, well, the one that was voted on, yeah. and the thing you wrote in the law. So, and we've seen this happen. You've seen it happen in the Commonwealth, where you write a law and you intended it to mean one thing, but somebody forgot literally a comma, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, or, or a, you know, or or they forgot a word, right? And all of a sudden, the law means something completely different. And you point these out, and so do I. So, the ten senators said. There are actually two cases. There's a state case that went to the Supreme Court, decided this week. There's a federal case that says their walkout was a form of expression and it's protected under the First Amendment. That one is still pending in the courts. It's not likely to be successful, I would think. But this one goes to the Supreme Court, and this is the essential question they just answered. If you passed a law with a vote of the people that says X, but you intended it to say Y, which one should we go with? And the all-Democrat-appointed Oregon Supreme Court decided we will go with what we think was intended by the people who drafted the measure and the voters, not what they actually wrote down on paper in state law. That's that is insane. That reminds me of was it Roberts who said that about Obamacare? Yeah, he basically said, well, if the Congress had written it this way, it would have been constitutional. But they didn't write it that way. So John Roberts basically turned himself for 10 minutes into a legislator. Right, right. And and jumped from the judicial branch to the legislative branch, rewrote the law for the Democrats who wrote the law. And you remember the fight Mm -hmm. was they wrote it that way because they wanted to make it palatable, you know, to, to have Obamacare propose this. But then. You know, Roberts effectively said, if, if that's really what you meant to write, it's not constitutional. So he rewrote it for them, yeah, which is about, also not his business. Yeah, it was about taxes and whether it was a tax or, uh, uh, or a fee. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, um, because the, the House has taxing authority. So this is outrageous, and I just talked to the lawyer a short time ago, yesterday, about this. John DiLorenzo is a very good lawyer, and he said he thinks this is Pandora's box because... The Democrats don't understand what they've just unleashed. This means that going forward, you could have an initiative petition that passes by a vote of the people, and it says one thing, but you can argue, well, the voters didn't intend that. They intended this. So let's go with what we think the voters' intent was, not what you actually wrote down on paper. Now, Joe, ask your audience, anybody who does any kind of work that that relies on a contract, if I say, uh, Joe, you're doing concrete work for me. I need 20 yards of concrete. But then I write 15 yards down on the order. And you only put 15 yards down, I'd take you to court. And I say, Joe didn't put down the 20 yards I wanted. The judge is going to look at the contract and say, Miss Larson, you wrote down 15 yards. You may have thought you wanted 20. You may yeah. have expected to get 20. But what's written in the contract is 15. Absolutely. Joe gave you 15. Get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lars, I'm living that. Hang on a second. I'm coming up on my news here. Uh, the great Lars Larson, uh, 629 here on Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV, uh, explaining this lawfare, uh, that is going on in Oregon. And, uh, don't, don't laugh. Look at how much our General Assembly likes to copy what they do on the left coast of America. Seaville 1075 and 1260 Heart Healthy Listening for Central Virginia. WCHV is not intended to treat any actual medical conditions and should be listened to in conjunction with a well-balanced diet. Consult your physician before turning away from WCHV. Local news first from the CBS 19 and WCHV newsrooms. Send lawyers, guns, and money. 
Joe Thomas in the morning and visiting with Lars Larson uh, from the left coast, as he likes to call it, uh, where this Oregon Supreme Court has said that 10 members of the Republican Party cannot run for re-election, just like they're trying to kick President Trump off ballots and everything else, under a law that I'm sure everyone thought sounded like a you know good common sense measure, Lars, where you know we're just trying to make sure these people show up for work, yet it took away... You know, the, the quote, unintended consequences took away their ability uh, to block things and, and to protect the voice of the minority. I've got to ask, though, I mean, the, the voters actually fell for this idea that if, if you walked out in protest of something, that you could be kicked out of the elected yes. representative body? Well, yeah, because their attitude is it's your job to be there. And I understand their argument where they say if we elected you as a senator, you should you should go down and be a senator. And if you were elected you as a rep, you should go down and be a rep. And if you decide to leave, the only thing is there are lots of examples in, in government and in representative government especially where, as you say, they write a procedure that says you've got to have a minimum number there. Well, what happens if a number is sufficient to deny the minimum? It, you know, walks mm-hmm. out the door and says, we're not voting on this garbage. Right. We won't vote on it, and if we leave, you can't vote on it either. And at that point, the positive part of that for everybody who thinks, well, then that becomes stalemate. No, it doesn't, because then what happens is the people who are trying to pass the outrageous thing, presumably the majority, have to say, look, come back, give us a quorum, and we will now negotiate. Exactly. I mean, Joe, you and I see this through our government. You know, if, if the Congress passes a budget, and the president says, that budget's too big, which Trump did. Mm-hmm. And he said, I won't sign it. For 30 days, he shut the government down. Why? Because that's one of the bargaining chips a president has. Yeah. And, and we give either side bargaining chips, and we say, you want them to come back and vote? Then sit down and make some accommodations for the things they want in the legislation. If the people say, no, nope, it's your job to just go there, and you can sit like a lump on a log, as long as your presence allows the Democrats, and it can work the other way as well, or the Republicans to pass whatever the heck they want because they're in the majority, now you have the the tyranny of the majority, mm-hmm. don't you? No, without question. And and, and uh, no incentive to negotiate. Well, and, and you get this blood sport over elections and redistricting so that everything is 50.5 to 49 point. We're watching it in the Virginia General Assembly, Lars. There are bills that are dying uh, in a body. The Virginia Senate is... Uh, 21 Democrats and 19 Republicans. So you think, that's pretty close. So there might be places where a Republican goes this way or a Democrat goes that way, and and you could actually have some meaningful things done. But they set the committees up to be 9 to 3 Democrat because the Democrats get to decide how the committees are seated. Does that sound uh, does that sound American to you? Not at all. And I said, can we get a parliamentary procedure that gets you know like um, uh, uh, Congressman Garrett from here tried to get a a discharge uh, uh, proposal through the Congress to get a, a repeal and replace bill onto the floor, and it got him in huge trouble uh, with the Republican leadership. Paul Ryan didn't like it, but he said, "I'm going to uh, discharge." Uh, uh, I forget it's discharge petition. something. Discharge, that, discharge yeah. petition. So even if a committee shoots down a proposal, you can get it to the floor somehow, just to get the sense of what the whole state thinks. Because we're we're not a blue state. We're not a red state. We're right there in the middle. We're You're one purple. seat to the. Uh, and and to say that that 
slim of a majority gets to wield extreme executive power, with a nod to my Mighty Python fans, um, is is ridiculous. But that sounds like what's happening in the Oregon Senate. Well, and not not just here, but, I mean, think about its application. And as John DiLorenzo, I don't even know John's politics. I just know that he's a hell of a good attorney. And he says, this is going to come back to bite them because, you know, even at the national level, we see, you know, Democrats take control for a while, Republicans take control for a while, it goes back and forth. When it goes back, and let's say Oregon ends up with a Republican majority and a Republican governor, and they say, hey, that decision means we are free to ignore whatever it is you say. Yep. And if we decide to pass a bunch of outrageous stuff and you decide to pull a quorum walkout, you're not allowed to do it. You are forbidden to do it. And it's, it's absolutely crazy because, think about this, there are people uh, from both sides of the aisle who say, can we just have the lawmakers go and get the work done that needs to be done? Sure. Now, that's a reasonable request, either even if you're a Democrat. I mean, I happen to be a conservative Republican. Mm -hmm. But you say, yeah, can we get the, the business of the people done? This, having the quorum requirements encourages deal-making, and and sometimes we're not happy with the deal, and sometimes the other side isn't happy, and oftentimes both sides aren't happy, but you get to some kind of accommodation. If you say, no, you're not allowed to walk out, you are required to sit there, and uh, and, and what you could end up have, I mean, then you start to break down the tactics. Think about this. The Republicans could say, fine, two days into the legislature, we're going to have the whole Republican contingent walk out, but we'll only be gone for two days. And then the next time you try some nonsense, we'll walk out for another two days. We'll walk it right up to nine days. We'll stay just short of the ten. Yeah. But we'll we'll screw up the entire operation, you know, and we'll do it strategically so that we just mess the whole operation up. Because if if you say, well, we don't want those kind of guerrilla tactics used, well, then don't make rules like this. And I will tell you this, what they actually wrote in the initiative said you can't run for re-election, I think for some it was 2026, some it was 2029. Uh, um, but the court looked at it and said, yeah, that's what it actually says. And the court in its ruling even said the plaintiffs, the 10 senators, have the better argument about what the law actually says. But we're going to go with the interpretation of the other side. Um, does, does the Commonwealth have initiative and referendum? Yeah, actually, our constitutional amendment, we have a horrific abortion constitutional amendment that if it goes through the two, the two different sessions of the, of the House and Senate, uh, it'll come to the voters as a referendum. That, that's generally well, how you know, we wind up with it, the voters. Imagine, imagine how this works. You decide, I've got an initiative, but it's not going to look popular. So let's just go out and tell everybody it'll do something sure. popular. And, and we won't, because even though they put requirements in the law that say when you're running an initiative, every single signature sheet has to have the entire text of the proposed law attached to it. Right. Now, I don't know about you, but how many people sit down and cool. read six pages of finely spaced type about what the, and, or have the knowledge to, inter, you know, because you and I both read statutes before. Yep. They're incredibly hard to figure out what they actually mean. Cross-references and, so, and things like that. And, and, and they, let me ask you this, Lars, because you just opened a thought in my head. So you could run a completely disingenuous ad. Yes. About yes. A, a, an initiative. Get it passed, and then right, and then when the initiative is enacted, it's completely different. And the courts seem to have precedent now to say, "Yeah, well, that's what you you meant," and you could you completely change it. Yes, you could. And imagine this: 
you could write an initiative and then run a campaign, say you're running against the initiative, and you run public opinion polls. And if you run enough advertising, you'd have everybody saying, yeah, I'm in favor of, in favor of measure one, two, three, because it's going to cut income taxes in half. Right. And Oregon has an income tax. And you say, well, that's not at all what it says. It doesn't matter. We've got public opinion polls saying the majority of voters who were in the state on the day of the election thought that it cut income taxes in half, so we would like all income taxes cut in half. Yeah. You say, but the measure was about road tar, or the measure yeah. was about about a vermin uh, eradication. You go, doesn't matter. The public thought it was about cutting the income tax in half, and since they believe that, uh, that's what we're going to go with. It's amazing that's times. That's how crazy it is. Lars, thank you so much for your time, and of course, every evening, uh, 6 p.m., uh, the Lars Larson Show. Appreciate it, sir. I hope you're having a good uh, first bit of the year. Happy Groundhog Day, and uh, and we'll. That, that means you. we get two more weeks of Taylor Swift. Ah, God help us all. I'll take the snow instead. <laughs> I'll tell you what; it's going to be 55 degrees here in the Great Pacific Northwest on uh, the on the first or second day of uh, of February or first day of February. It's 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 a great. If this is global warming, I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Lars. You have a great morning, sir. Take care, Joe. No need for any eccentric billionaire to buy this social media outlet, amplifying your comments every morning for 15 years. Joe Thomas in the morning on WCHV.